Hi, folks. Bob Main here with another episode of today's Survival Show, helping you do what you can with what you have wherever you are. Sounding a little bit different. I am in a hotel room on the road, and guess what? I forgot to bring my headset. So I got my recorder, and that's what I'm speaking to. So the microphone on the recorder might not be all that terrific. Apologize for the uh, audio quality. Not quite being what I'd like it to be, but hopefully it's good enough and we'll get through this. Uh, this show is going to be about the Pocket Prepper's Guide. As you know, I like to keep my show very practical. I don't go tinfoil hat on you. It's a practical, down-to-earth show. I keep it rooted in common sense because I'm an everyday guy. I didn't write any books, and I'm not some kind of a you know high-class survival trainer or anything like that. So I just try to do my best to keep my family prepared and share some ideas with you. This show is mainly an interview. Uh, there's a lady out there that wrote a book called The Pocket Prepper's Guide. And so that's why I called it the show. Uh, the, the name of the show is The Pocket Prepper's Guide. And she's going to be my guest. She'll be coming on pretty soon. Her name is Bernie Carr. Before we get to the interview that I did a few days ago with her, I just want to cover a couple of announcements here. The website is www.todayssurvival.com. www.todayssurvival.com. There is two S's in that web address. If you want to send me an email, just send me an email to bob at todayssurvival.com. Again, remember, there are two S's in that email address, bob at todayssurvival.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you have an email comment, if you have an audio comment, you can record something if you want. I don't care what you want to say, as long as you just keep it clean and stuff like that. Uh, I'll put you on the show. Good, bad, or indifferent. I don't care. Send me some emails. Send me some comments. Uh, if you're an iTunes user, by the way, uh, could you give me a review on iTunes? I'd like to know what you think of my show. I'm always looking for ways. Even after 164 episodes, there's always something I can do a little bit better to make it a good listening experience for you. So with that said, let's get right to it. Are you a new prepper? Are you new to this survival business, to this modern survival business, this modern day prepping? There's so much going on in the world, folks. That's a whole other podcast I think I might cover someday to kind of give you some ideas and updates as to what I think is going on right now because it's crazy. And the last time I really did a, a current events update, gosh, it's been like probably three or four months. So I think that might be one of my next shows coming up pretty soon. Even if you're an experienced prepper, I think you may get something out of what we're going to be discussing here. You might get an idea or two that maybe you've been forgetting. See, here's one of the things. I don't know about you, but, you know, I've been prepping now for, for quite a few years, and I kind of lose focus every once in a while. Has that ever happened to you? I lose focus. I kind of get, you know, wrapped up in five or six areas like lately okay lately it's been financial i've been i've been concentrating on my financial preparations and i've been so consumed with making sure that we stay out of debt and uh, we're kind of thinking about what kind of an investment we should make and where we should start parking some money and what's gonna you know and there's so much financial uncertainty out there and everything i've been focused on that lately and of course you know the usual food and uh food preparations and, and water storage and supplies and things like that and trying to learn some skills here and there, I tend to forget some things. So even if you're an, a, an experienced prepper, you may realize that there's some things that you forgot. One more announcement that I want to cover before I get to Bernie's interview, and that is I'd love to have you become a member of the forum. If you signed up for the forum, 
I'm going to approve your account shortly. If you do join the forum, go, go to todayssurvival.com, click the forum button. If you don't know how to get to our forum and sign up, please send me an email at bob at todayssurvival.com and let me know that you signed up. I'm trying to keep spammers out, and that's kind of one of the ways that you can help me do that. So uh, here we go. Bernie Carr wrote a book called The Prepper's Pocket Guide. Okay, once again, that's the Prepper's Pocket Guide. She also runs a blog called ApartmentPrepper.com. And I'll put a link to ApartmentPrepper.com in the notes. Now, I've been putting all the links on the forum. So even if you're not signed up for the forum, you can definitely go to the forum and go to the section where it says comments about podcasts. And you can see discussions on what we talk about and all the links for the show. So stay tuned. Here you go. Uh, Bernie Carr from the apartmentprepper.com blog, and an author of a pretty cool book. Stay tuned. Okay, my guest for this episode is Bernie Carr. She's on the line with me, and she has written a book called The Prepper's Pocket Guide. Did I get that right, Bernie? That is correct. That is The Prepper's Pocket Guide. All right. So uh, she's sending me a copy of the book, and I'm excited to read it. And first of all, Bernie, I want to say thanks for coming on today's survival show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. I learned about you through Lisa Bedford, the survival mom. And for those of you who are listening to my show and you're kind of new, if you're not looking at the survival mom's blog, you need to. You can find her at thesurvivalmom.com. But Bernie, your book, uh, the pocket, the prepper's pocket guide, it's mainly geared towards new preppers, right? It is. It is really geared for someone who's starting out, who's never prepared before, and just wants to get started and feel more secure in, you know, in preparation for a disaster or just feeling insecure about the economy. For whatever reason, they're getting started with preparedness. This would be a good place to start. You know, I have an opinion, and I want you to give me your opinion on what I say. I think at some point, no matter how long you've been prepping, you're always going to be new at something. There's going to be something that probably you haven't done much of, and so you're going to be a new prepper at some type of preparation. Would you agree? I would definitely agree with that because there are so many aspects of preparedness that, you know, you can't do everything all at once, and there's a lot of skills out there that you want to learn, you know, because part of preparedness is being more self-sufficient and knowing how to do things by yourself instead of relying on others, and as well as being prepared in your home and on your security. So there's a lot of definitely a lot of aspects to learn. And even if you're experienced, there's always something out there to learn. Good. Well, I have some specific questions for you. But before I get into those specific questions, let me go ahead and give you an opportunity to talk about your book, tell people how much it is, where they can get it, and what the benefit is that they'll get from it. Oh, sure. Uh, my book is called The Prepper's Pocket Guide. And it's really a place for a new prepper to get started. And it's available on Amazon. Currently, it's sold out. It's now in its second printing. But it is also available on Barnes & Noble. It runs for about 10 to $12 at the most because it's a very small book. Um, it gives you ideas on where it is, what it is you should do, uh, things that very little projects you can do. You could do it weekly, daily, or however suits you and your budget and your schedule. Uh, as long as you keep making progress in preparedness, you can start with first doing water or your food supply, getting your home safe, uh, getting your um, health, taking care of your health. Uh, what happens? What do you do when uh, the power suddenly goes, or 
even if you have to leave your home in, ca in case of a big disaster in the area. Uh, it covers topics like that, but um, they're easy projects, inexpensive, that somebody could do when they're getting started. Well, these days, easy and inexpensive are two real good qualities. Yeah, so I hope that it's helpful to people that don't know where to start. So they'll, they'll give them a starting point. Yeah, that's great. Well, thanks for talking about that. So it's on Amazon.com. It's in its second printing. If somebody orders it now, will they go on a list and it'll get shipped when it's ready? It'll get shipped when it's ready. I did talk to the publisher. They are doing the second printing. It should be available any day now, but there's also other sellers on Amazon that you can get it from, as well as uh, on Barnes & Noble. Good. Congratulations on your success on your book. That's great. I admire anybody that can write a book. I barely have the patience to read a book. It must take a lot of patience to write a book. It does. It does. It takes, it takes me about a year uh, for the entire process. All right, so if somebody is really strongly considering buying it, somebody that's new to prepping and they're just getting started, um, let's take this time to give them a few benefits that they're going to get. You don't have to give your whole book away, obviously, but why don't you talk about a couple of key things that you would like people to know in there? Uh, well, one of the, some of the subjects that we cover in the book is um, how to get a family emergency plan together. You know, I mean, if there's a disaster, do we even know where to start and how to get our family back together? Um, who's going to pick up whom, and, well, you know, that's one of the ideas that I talk about in the book on what you should start with, you know. Even if you don't have any money to buy uh, supplies just yet, there's uh, other considerations you can do. Uh, another thing that you I would highly recommend is for somebody to just take an inventory of where they are and um, see how much uh, food and water they will need for their family right. and go for so you, know, you don't go out and buy a whole bunch of stuff and spend thousands of dollars. You would, you know, kind of start small, first see where you are, take an inventory. Well, so yeah. Also, that. Well, you know what? If you don't mind, let's talk about an inventory because that was one of the things I was going to ask you about. What do you suggest that a person do? Where do you start? What do you start to do in terms of taking an inventory? Do you go room by room? Uh, how have you done it? Uh, the way we've done it is, you know, you kind of see how many people do you have in your family and you kind of have an idea what they, you know you're going to definitely need water, so you want to plan on about a gallon per day per person. So you start there. Uh, as far as food, you would check your pantry, check your refrigerator. You know, most people, I would say, that go shopping on a regular basis, they go, you know, once every week. So they, you know, they care about a week's worth of food in their pantry. So you know that if there's a disaster, like we had that hurricane like, a couple of years ago, you know that if, if the stores are closed, can you last on your whatever you have for how many days? Uh, can you last and just eat off of your supplies? And if not, then you're going to start counting, well, I only have three days more, so you want to start from there. And then every time you go grocery shopping, you pick up a can or two, you know, a couple bags of rice or beans here and there. And then you start adding to that, and, and pretty soon you're going to have a nice um, set of uh, food storage that you can rely on in case uh, the stores close or in case even if you lose your job, you can use that food storage also to, to live off of them. Yeah, so, that's a good point. That's how I built my food storage. You know, when I first got started doing this, it was a little at a time. Every grocery trip, my wife and I made the decision to pick up a little bit extra, even if it was $5 extra, and we just put it away. And believe it or not, it didn't take long to have 30 days' worth of food put away. 
No, not at all. And actually, I recommend you could start a food storage plant at $5 a week. Um, you know, just buying a couple cans here and there, a bag of rice or two. And if you use coupons, if you shop sales, you know, you get two for one, um, then you could even progress even faster. So, yeah, in no time, maybe in a month or two, you, you'll have a pretty good storage going. Now, you mentioned Hurricane Ike. Uh, I want people to know that you're calling me from the Houston area, right? Yes, I live in Houston. So during Ike, what uh, were you ready for it? Did that were you prepared for that? Yeah, that was actually one of the reasons that I got started uh, in earnest about preparedness. Prior to that, you know, we always had a little bit of uh, food and water stored, but the day before, before the hurricane started, uh, we got out early from work, and I went to the grocery store, you know, hoping to just pick up a few things because we thought, you know, you, you never know; it can't hurt to pick up a few things. Well, the the grocery store I went to was by the Galleria, and that was wall-to-wall people. The parking lot, there was no parking. Um, there was, really, the shelves were completely empty. The toilet, all the toilet paper was gone. I think I got the very last uh, batch of toilet paper. And, <laughs> was like, <laughs> and after being in line for us, you know, close to an hour, you know, it was, it was quite an experience. And then I went and got gas, and the line gas was like a mile long so I thought oh man this is not going to happen to me ever again <laughs> and so that kind of woke you up didn't it it did that was quite the wake up call and I, I told my husband that was kind of scary you know fighting the crowd with the shopping carts sitting against each other I will not find myself in that situation ever again so then right. after you know we had the hurricane there was no power for a couple of days and then we went back to the grocery store maybe three, four days, and there was nothing in the shelf. And people were in line to see them get inside the grocery store. And no milk, no eggs, nuts, no fruit or vegetables. And it was just kind of a shocking experience to see that, you know, the grocery store really doesn't, doesn't keep a lot of stuff in their bathroom. They, they wait for those trucks. And if the trucks don't come, there's no food in the grocery store. Exactly. And that was... That was quite the eye-opener for me. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people don't realize that. You know, and that's one of the biggest reasons to store food. If the trucks stop running, you know, basically everything that we use on a daily basis gets to us by truck somehow. If the trucks don't run, the supplies wear out fast, what's going to happen to you? Right. That's exactly what was um, kind of scared to me to see that the grocery stores really can be emptied in a matter of a day or two. When their supplies run out, there's nothing until the next truck comes in. And then I talked to, you know, the grocery manager about that, and I said, well, don't you have any stuff in the back room? Like, you know, we used to think in the old days, they fill up the back room with stuff. And they said, oh, no, no, we just uh, have enough to fill the shelves, and once that's gone, uh, we have to wait for the next truck to come in. It's called just-in-time inventory. It's that just-in-time inventory. When the the delivery somehow gets disrupted, then you're kind of out of luck. And that's uh, one of the biggest reasons pair right there is uh, you never want to be in that situation where there's nothing to be bought that's available to you. You have the money, you might have the cash, but if there's nothing there, you, you won't go home with anything. So your book talks about how to start prepping on as little as $5 a week. I like that. Uh, give a couple of tips on this interview to somebody who may only have $5 a week to start with. Oh, I would say the, the most important thing is you also should only buy what your family will eat. 
if you stock up on a bunch of uh, like beans and you don't even know how to cook it, um, don't even start buying that until you know what your family is going to eat. So I would say if you have five dollars, buy a gallon of water. That's uh, that's a dollar, mm-hmm. and then buy a bag of rice. That's another dollar. You know, one of those small bags. Mm-hmm. And then um, if you buy a couple cans of pasta, like beefaroni, uh, and maybe another couple cans of um, that's about two for a dollar. You can get that on sale two for a dollar. Mm-hmm. Um, Two cans of corn, that's another two for a dollar, and two cans of maybe pineapple chunks. That's five dollars right there. There you and go. There you go. So there you have a good start. And then the next week, you know, you know you've already picked up a bag of rice, you pick up a few more of that. Maybe instead of rice, maybe pick up a roll of toilet paper or two. And there you have it. That's your next thing that you can get. So really, with five dollars um, within your food food budget that you already are going to use, you can add to your storage pretty quick. Yeah, it's amazing if you do that every week in four or five months' time, you will have some decent. Matter of fact, you know, in four or five months' time, probably by going five dollars a week, I would bet that the average person could put away more food than ninety-five percent of Americans actually are storing these days. I think so, definitely, because the thing to do is be consistent about it. And, you know, uh, the ne- and then the next week, if you're, you know, you got another $5, maybe you can get a bag of sugar, you know, a uh, five-pound bag of sugar that's two, two, three bucks, and just keep adding to it. It may be uh, some oil or uh, some other uh, items that you are short on, and just keep adding to it, as long as you do it consistently. Yeah, and you know, I'm glad you're bringing up things like cooking oil and stuff like that. A lot of people buy actual food products, but they forget to stock up on things that you need, like right. o- like oil and stuff like that that you use to actually prepare the food. Absolutely. Yeah, so definitely, if you, as long as you're consistent about it and you pick up things that your family will eat, then uh, it won't get get wasted. Another thing, you can pick up a, a tuna. Tuna goes on sale quite a bit. And if you have a coupon, or even if you if the store is running a special, tuna fish is another. And peanut butter—that's another thing. Oh, oh. supposed to increase in price next week, so now's the time to stock up. Really, peanut butter's going up. Yes, because the peanut crop was bad this year. Oh, that's right. Yes, man, I love I love Jif Extra Crunchy. I've got to go get some more of that. Yes, because it's supposed to go up by forty percent uh, from November. Even even though Jif Extra Crunchy is expensive peanut butter, I just love that stuff. Yeah, we do like the Jif and the Skippy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, this would be a perfect. Another thing that the food store protects you from is if the prices were to increase, at least you bought the the food at the lower dollar um, as opposed to waiting until the prices are high. So I would definitely start even if you're not worried about a disaster, which some people aren't too worried, depending on where they live, it's also a good uh, hedge against when the food prices increase. Yeah. Well, what do you think of this? We had a little bit of a blip in the internet connection there, but I've heard people say, you know, food's the same as currency. I think it can be, yeah, because uh, you you got to buy food anyway. Right. So you, you might as well buy, buy food because you're going to eventually eat it. As long as you 
Also want to get the highest, uh, the longest expiration beats that you can when you get those cans. Yeah, and you know, something I'd like to encourage beginning preppers to think about when storing food, a lot of people think that you store food so you have something to eat after a disaster. And that's true. However, another benefit... Hello? Was, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, yeah, there was a little bit of an interruption. Like yeah, there was an interruption. Sorry about that. Our internet connection is getting a little bit weird. Um, hopefully it holds up on us. But an, another reason to store food is it's like saving money because you're buying at today's prices. Food prices continue to go up and up and up. So you're also saving money at the same time you're putting away for a disaster. I think so. So uh, financially, it really does help you out. And that is one of the reasons. Uh, I get a lot of people asking me on my blog uh, as to how to convince uh, their spouse or their partner or whoever they're living with. How do they convince them to prepare? And one of the good reasons that uh, I cite is because financially it's actually good for you to prepare because uh, you're buying, you're, you know, putting up uh, items on store in storage that are bought at the lower prices um, and protecting yourself against price increase in the future. Yeah, and that's what I mean by food is actually currency. You know, there's actually a couple of ways where food actually equals currency. Like you're saying, you're saving money, but, you know, I don't like to talk about extremes, but if, if the situation does get bad enough in the world where there are food shortages for whatever reason, um, man, if you've got extra food, you can pretty much barter and trade and do whatever you want with that extra food. Oh, definitely. So, yes, uh, if things were to really fall apart and get worse, uh, yeah, food would definitely be a, a way to trade for, for trading things. I mean, you know? I mean, that might not be someone's first choice. It might not be someone's first choice to trade away their food. I understand that. But the bottom line is you're eating, and the other people who had their head in the sand that weren't thinking about it are not eating. Uh, you know, So basically, you've got something worth its weight in gold because you're eating. Definitely. So, yeah, food is a form of currency. I would have to agree with that. And you don't if it's, if there's another Hurricane Ike, you're not waiting uh, for two hours in line just to get something. So in addition to the money savings, it's also a time saving. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what else would you suggest beginning preppers do? So, you know, five bucks a week at the grocery store. Anything else? What other suggestions would you have? Well, another thing you want to uh, spend your $5 a week is you can also um, stock up on first aid. So first aid would be the next thing to stock up on. And by spending $5 a week, you could get... Uh, even if you were to go to the 99 cent store or the dollar store, you can get or, um, alcohol or um, uh, hydrogen peroxide, things that you would use uh, as a to protect your family uh, in case somebody gets hurt and, you know, anybody can get hurt or get a cut or um, not feel so good or get some kind of flu. Uh, you could buy... Um, aspirin and uh, non-aspirin pain relievers uh, without $5, and pretty soon you have a nice first aid kit that uh, you can have for your family. So that's a, the next thing. After food and water, you also want to have some kind of first aid. Yeah, speaking of first aid, I want to take this opportunity to tell all the people listening, 
I've done a few shows on first aid. I've had other people that are first aid experts interviewing with me. If you go back and look at some of the earlier shows, like episode 90, 93, somewhere between 93 and 110, I had a couple of people on. I had Matt Brasick and I had Chris Harper that are listeners to this show. I've had them talk about how to prep for first aid as well. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, that's, that's a great idea. And definitely, you know, in keeping with the $5 a week, you can continue uh, preparing. You, you know, say you already feel pretty secure that you have a lot of enough food and you have enough water. You can, next thing you do, you want to also stock, stock up on uh, batteries um, and flashlights. And, you know, all those things are inexpensive enough that you keep adding and you keep purchasing um, items for your uh, preparedness. Kit, and I, pretty soon you are going to be uh, in better shape than you are now. Absolutely. What else? Um, let me give you the opportunity to share one more idea. Again, I don't want you to give away too many things because I want people to buy your book. It sounds like it's a great book. But what else would you want to say to people who are just getting started? Another thing I would highly recommend, especially for people that uh, live in a small space, because uh, I, I happen to live in an apartment, so. I, I run the apartment preppers, apartment preppers why. Uh, well, another thing that they would want to do while getting started is to make room for supplies. And by, by that, I mean that you not only check your house as to where you're going to store the extra stuff, that um, extra emergency supplies that you're designating, and you also want to declutter your room, uh, your home, and get rid of stuff you no longer need by selling them or giving them away or whatever as long as you unclutter yourself because the more cluttered you are you know what stuff you have uh, already and you're buying stuff that you don't need because you forgot all about things you know that that used to happen before I started um, decluttering my home um, I was doing duplication and, and buying things I didn't didn't need because I forgot and at the same time, when you get rid of unneeded stuff, make money by selling it on eBay or garage sale, able to make money to um, put towards your emergency supplies. So, you know, if you're worried about not having money, there you have it, because you sold off stuff and you got rid of stuff, you made room, and now you know what you have, and you also got extra money in the process. Yeah, well, now you said something interesting. So you run the Apartment Preppers blog, correct? Yes, yes I do. Okay, and you are an apartment prepper, so I like your message about decluttering. I think that's so important. Um, I've had people on the show before talking about that, but I want to remind everybody, decluttering is so important for two reasons. Number one, you know what you have, and you know what you need to get rid of, and then, of course, it makes room for your preps. It's, it's probably not all that difficult to prep in an apartment, is it? No, no, it's not It's not that difficult. In the beginning, it it is kind of intimidating because you think... Uh, you, that you need a lot of space or you maybe need uh, like a cabin somewhere or a farm, but you really don't because you, any, you, wherever you are, you can start getting prepared. So all you got to do is be creative with the space that you do have. You want to give any tips on that? Any tips on being creative with this, with a small space in an apartment? Things that I've done is, you know, you can hide things under the dining table, and if you have a tablecloth, a nice uh, long tablecloth, that'll hide everything that's under the table, even if you have boxes or buckets or whatever. Um, whatever's under the, the dining table won't be seen by anyone, because one of the things that, um, one of the issues that apartment dwellers face is they always have some, you know, maybe the maintenance man or the property management, they're constantly doing inspections or checking the the, the 
checking something or other, the plumbing, and you really don't want to have your emergency supplies in plain view because, uh, you know, that's your, your own business. So, uh, you know, you can hide things. You can have, like, uh, uh, maybe a TV cabinet that doesn't really have a TV. You can have your um, canned goods in there or your uh, water, and you can hide it behind, uh, like, a TV cart that has a cover on it. Mm-hmm. That's good. Kind of ways of being uh, Yeah, uh, maybe hide things under end tables or coffee tables and things too, right? Right. There's coffee tables that have a lid that looks just like a regular coffee table, but it's actually got a lid and it's uh, tight. It's got things under there. Yeah, it seems to me, I mean, you know, I spent some time in apartments when I was single. Uh, it seems to me that, you know, people that are in apartments, the reason they get intimidated, excuse me, intimidated when they prep is they think they don't have any space. But when it comes right down to it, if they do some good decluttering, they're probably going to have more space than they think. Oh, sure, sure. I mean, when I got started, I didn't think I had any space. And as soon as I got rid of stuff, uh, sold off some stuff on um on eBay and uh, freed up some room in the garage, got rid of things that, you know, we didn't, hadn't used for years. Um, we were actually able to find a lot of space that uh, we still have some space, actually, that uh, we can um, put supplies in. So, yeah, at first it might seem like, it, you know, it's too hard, but it really is. You know, you brought up something I want to ask you about. You brought up selling items on eBay. I, I want to give a testimonial, and I'd like you to comment on it. Um, I've suggested that before, and I want to tell everybody that I've spent the last six weeks uh-huh. s- selling off unneeded items. You know, my family and I, about three months ago, just moved from the Dallas-Fort Worth area down to San Antonio for my job change. Oh, and, yeah, and so we had a lot of stuff that we just didn't need. I mean, you know, we got ruthless about decluttering, and we actually moved some of the stuff with us and then realized after we moved we didn't need it. So where I'm going with this, I just raised about an extra $460 selling off stuff on eBay in just the last six weeks. So there's a, prep, there's a prepping budget that somebody could, could come up with. What do you think? I think that really is a great step that you took because uh, you can sell anything on eBay. I mean, I found uh, manuals for things that I no longer own, like, you know, camera manuals or calculator manuals. You know, you just think it's a piece of junk and you're about ready to throw it away, but you check eBay and people actually sell that and it actually got bought, which is really surprising. Just, Just curious, how much did you get for a manual? I got, I think, Five to $10. Yeah, well, there's there's a week of your first $5 a week preps. There you go, because I think this the particular one was a manual for an HP calculator. But, see, I had sold the HP calculator a long time ago, so I thought, I mean, no one's going to want this thing. But it turns out somebody was looking for the manual for that item, and they bought it for, for 10 bucks. And you'd be amazed what people buy. I, one of the things I sold recently to raise a little bit of money was an old camcorder that used those micro cassettes, and uh, people still want those. I, you know, I didn't didn't get a lot of money for it, but guess what? It was just sitting there, worth zero, sitting in my closet, and I sold it on eBay. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing what people do still want to buy. I mean, also another thing was that the old. Uh, 
you know, VHS. Um, right. Movies, especially kids' movies. People like them. Yeah, and you know that's the other thing. And and if you really don't need the extra money, you know, donate those things, take the tax deduction, and now you've freed up a lot of room in your apartment or your small home to start storing all your preps. Yeah, so you really can't lose with that with that idea of selling things or and decluttering things because either you donate it and take the deduction, or uh, you sold it and got came up with extra money for your prep. Yeah. Do you do you touch on any of that in your book? Uh, yes, actually, I do cover some of that in the book. Okay. Okay, good, good. Well, this has been a really good discussion. Uh, we've got about three or four minutes left. I'm done with my questions, but I want to give you the floor. So, you know, Bernie, take it away. Talk about, you know, to the beginning preppers, talk about whatever you'd like. I would say to the beginning prepper who's feeling a little intimidated and a little worried about where to get started, uh, I will worry too much. Uh, as soon as you get started, as soon as you take that first step of preparing, whether you decluttered, whether you sold stuff so you can raise money for preparedness, or whether you just went to the grocery store and spent uh, your first $5 to buy uh, water and food, so just take that first step and get started. And as soon as you do, in a month, you're going to start feeling more secure, and you're not going to be feeling like, uh, you know, if a disaster hit, you're not going to be feeling that insecurity for your family. And you're going to be feeling secure that you are taking care of your family. And if whatever happens, you did the best you could. So I would say the best thing to do is just get started. Uh, listen to um, this podcast and listen to the steps of previous shows, I would say, and pick up all those ideas that you can. And uh, don't focus on what you can't do. Focus on what you can do little by little. And in no time at all, you're going to start feeling secure and feeling good about your preparedness. Yeah, and for only 10 or 12 bucks, I would recommend that people also get your book. So why don't you, uh, one more time, cover any kind of websites or sources where they can get your book and talk about the name of it again. All right, my book is called The Prepper's Pocket Guide. It's available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. And also, you can check out my blog. It's uh, apartmentprepper.com. And I talk about uh, preparedness for apartment dwellers or uh, anyone who lives in a small house and is worried about preparing in a small space. Uh, check out my blog and also buy the book. And I'd love to see you at the blog. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna log on to that tonight. Apartmentprepper.com. I'm just curious, is there a link on your blog to uh, purchase your book? Oh yes, there is. Okay. Yes. All right, so I'm going to get on that. I'm going to register and be a subscriber. I would recommend everybody listening to this go to apartmentprepper.com. That's Bernie's blog. And uh, I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, really appreciate your time as well. I really appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. No problem. Now, um, as I say to all my guests, I typically get a lot of questions because I've got a pretty fair amount of listeners. Would you be open to possibly coming back on the show in maybe a couple of weeks if there's a lot of questions that people email in? Sure, sure. I'd love to be on the show again. If if any questions come up, uh, yeah, we can talk about any questions that come up, and uh, I'd be happy to be on the show again. Okay, great. Well, Bernie, thank you. Uh, we both have schedules to meet, so I appreciate you coming on. Thanks, thanks a lot, too. I appreciate it. Well, good luck to you, and I hope you sell a lot of books. Okay, great. Thank you. You're welcome. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Thanks, Bernie, for coming on the show. Folks, this is going to be kind of short. I don't have a whole lot to add. I just want to say check out her book. Also check out apartmentprepper.com. Pretty good stuff on there. I had a chance 
to uh, look at some of that before I had a chance to talk to Bernie and bring her on the show. Forgot to tell you that, obviously, I didn't do this from my car. Normally, I'm talking to you while I'm driving down the road. I'm actually in a hotel room right now, and it's great to not be on the road. Well, I'm on a business trip, but I'm not talking to you while I'm driving. So once again, become a member of our forum. Send me an email if you want, bob at todayssurvival.com. And uh, thanks for listening to episode 164. I'm Bob Main. This is Today's Survival Show. It's been my goal to help you do what you can with what you have, wherever you are. Thanks for tuning in. I'll catch you next week. Goodbye.